You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Going on, really welcome back. The It's Always Draft Season Podcast, part of the Packernet Podcast Network. Jake Shavink here with you guys here on hopefully a Wednesday here. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, Packers fans, it hasn't been really wasn't the result we wanted, obviously, with the season, but it really wasn't the season we wanted to see either. Obviously, just a lot of roller coaster to it, but a lot of missed expectations. And again, there's a lot of emotion and a lot of frustration with the season in general. And totally understand that. I think on, on this network, on this on this feed, we're going to be talking a lot about that in the next week. So there'll be a lot of guys, you know, you want to listen to Ryan, JJ, or Clayton kind of talk about that. I'm sure they're going to be diving in this week and maybe a little bit of next week as well. But um, really, I think what I wanted to talk about now is let's air out a little bit of not at all emotional 2023 NFL draft takes for the Packers. And that's something that I think we can all get behind. You know, we're not going to be emotional here. We're not going to react to the loss as much, but we're going to get right down to the draft takes kind of at every position and just kind of go from there and give you some thoughts as to like where I think the Packers should address. And I'm going to offer some players, um, but we're going to Mason and I are going to get back on this thing for sure coming up very soon. So for those who are now just arriving here and haven't been maybe listening for for the fall, uh, welcome to draft season. Um, it's great to have you. I can't wait uh, for you to come on the journey with us over the next few months. It's going to be a blast. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I enjoy the offseason. I enjoy the draft. So from a Packers perspective, I want to figure out how maybe you guys would like to see this. Um, I've toyed with the idea of maybe doing two podcasts per week where we kind of go the team perspective for one and then the prospect deep dives and a lot of reports and and really deep talking about these guys as the other episode let me know if you want to do that or 
if you want one to be Packers and one to be the rest of the league, we can maybe do that. So, you know, if you have feedback, you know, maybe um, send something to Ryan on Patreon or you can send me something at Jake NFL Draft on Twitter. Or if you want to go to the Packernet Podcast uh, Facebook page, um, you can put it there too. I'll keep track of that as well. So first off, like I said, first off, welcome to draft season. Let's start this out really quick though with maybe a little mock draft roundup for you guys just based on obviously the mock drafts are going to be coming out a ton and a ton and a ton now over the next few weeks and throughout draft season as well but you're going to obviously now with 18 teams locked in to their first round draft position and the rest out through the through the seven rounds of the draft there's going to be a lot more of that and a lot more team specific stuff but the round one mocks aren't going anywhere so I figured you know I'd take a look at the last dozen or so mock drafts that showed up on the NFL mock draft database, which aggregates all this stuff. It's a great resource to do mocks on, to look at consensus boards and peruse mock drafts at, at your, um, at your leisure. So let's look at a few guys. There were, I counted seven, um, right? Seven. Yeah. Seven guys, uh, this past week that were in there. And then I threw a few more names on there that I could look at and be like, yeah, that makes sense to happen in, in the first round for the Packers. I mean, potentially, but Let's get to the first few here. Uh, there were actually two mocks that had Keely Ringo uh, as the selection for the Packers at 15. Very interesting corner out of Georgia. Uh, another Georgia defensive defensive player, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Um, but yeah, I think this is, again, there's a reaction to the idea that the Rasul Douglas contract, which is true, is easy to get out of if they the Packers want to get out of that. Obviously, we've, we're two seasons down of Eric Stokes. We haven't seen him much uh, since, the, you know, in these two seasons. We haven't seen a whole lot. We saw him, you know, down the stretch a lot in 2021, but not much in 2022 after the injury, right? So there, there's, there's a lot of question marks there. He's going to be heading into a year three, you know. This is going to be an evaluation year for sure. Uh, coming up for him so that you know and then there's going to be talk about picking up that fifth year option next offseason so a, a lot to dissect there in the Packers cornerback room Ringo to me at 6'2 and, and and 200 plus I mean there's a lot of physical traits there that a lot of teams are going to like it's just is he refined enough right now technique wise as a corner where you want to trust that and that that almost feels a little bit like Eric Stokes coming out of college obviously bigger and and Maybe not quite as fast, but pretty darn fast for his size. I just think for me, Ringo right now, in terms of I think there are five corners that are probably going to or maybe should go in the first round of the draft. And Ringo for me right now might end up being the fifth guy. And that's probably something I wouldn't have said at the start of the season. So that's with with, with Christian Gonzalez, with Cam Smith, with Devin Witherspoon and with Joey Porter Jr., there are five guys that I think make a lot of sense as first-rounders. Ringo, you know, the Tennessee game against Cedric Tillman didn't impress me a whole lot. I think he did okay against against Marvin Harrison Jr. I think they blew that out of proportion a little bit. It'll be interesting to see get this tape against TCU to see how he fared against uh, Quentin Johnston in a couple reps. Obviously, Quentin Johnston, you know, I don't think played the last, like, full quarter and maybe not even a quarter and a half. So not going to get a, a lot of looks at those two matched up, but hopefully a little bit to get a better a better look at Ringo. Obviously, Ringo has not officially declared yet. So it's, again, something to watch where he could go back. I believe the rest of these guys have declared. Oh, no, one hasn't, but we'll get there. Um, 
so Paris Johnson Jr. was another one that had multiple uh, multiple instances of this being the pick uh, for the Packers and the mocks. Uh, I mean, he, he has just recently declared, so Paris Johnson Jr. is in the tackle out of Ohio State. I think he, again, another guy with a lot of physical traits that that you look at him and you go, yep, this is why he was a, a five-star recruit, a really high recruit, and went to Ohio State, played right guard last year in 2021, moves over to his natural position at tackle in 2022. Overall, I think you see a ton of mirror ability, great footwork, the ability to recover, you know, he he fights to reset his hands. I think there's so much there where you look at him and like, yeah, that that, that pass blocker, it's there. And, and the reps are there that are really strong that you go, yeah, this guy should probably be a top 20 pick uh, in the 2023 NFL draft. But and and also I'll point I'll point out that this guy is wicked quick, great linear athlete, good space blocker. He's going to get second level blocks when he's tasked with comboing and climbing and zone runs. I don't think he's going to have any issue with that. Um, and I think he's got enough pop to kind of, you know, be a little bit more of an enforcer if, if you want him to be. But again, a great mover uh, in both, you know, pass protection and the run game. So that's that's great news. Uh, if, if you're you're a Packers fan and you think, uh, you know, I don't know if, if Zach Tom where he's going to play. I don't know if Bakhtiari's coming back. I don't know if Josh Nyman's coming back. Maybe this is the direction they go. And, and it's very possible. Again, Packers like high recruits. Rashawn Gary was a very coveted recruit, uh, and and they drafted him top fifteen. Had no issue with it. So, I do think Paris Johnson will be on the board for the Packers. Whether or not he's the pick, that's another question. But I think the one thing with Paris Johnson is that he has to work on, and I think I've covered this a, a little bit over the course of of when we're talking about you know prospects to watch every weekend that we've been doing all fall. If you've been listening, but if not, good news. We're going to be talking about this here but he's kind of gets a little bit too symmetrical with his hands and what I mean by that is you see a lot of two-hand punches and when you see a lot of two-hand punches and he gets a little bit out over his skis when he when he two-hand punches initially you're going to see guys realize that and they're go to the film room be like okay this guy two-hand punches at the first contact point if you have a good spin move you're going to be able to or a good inside move to be able to just get under that inside arm you're going to win against him. And, and there were definitely instances of that against against Iowa, against Michigan especially. So there's something you have to clean up, and you have to kind of keep your hands independent uh, against rushers. You have to be able to control with your inside arm. That's a, a lot of these tackles that are really, really good as young players already. You know, talk about Rashawn Slater. Talk about Tristan Wirfs. You know, a, a lot of these guys are, and Andrew Thomas as well, a lot of these guys are, are just really good at, at keeping their hands independent. They're varying up their punches. They're varying up, you know, their sets. They, they're really good at not being predictable, and that's something that Paris Johnson will have to work on. Still, I think he's a pretty solid pick there, though, no doubt about it. I mean, a, again, a great athlete that, again, you hone a little bit of technique, and, you know, if you want to keep running zone, running pin-pull, you know, getting guard tackles in the counter, getting them on the move, Paris Johnson's going to be able to do that for you. So I, I think makes a lot of sense. Right now, I, I think there's a chance at this point in time, as as the evals are rolling in, and I'm trying to do, you know, I'm trying to get about 50 or 60 guys done this week, so we have you know full shows rolling and rolling by by end of January, and we've we've covered a lot of these guys. So we can get you know deeper and deeper, but yeah, I mean, right now I think Paris Johnson's probably going to be tackle three potentially if this other guy declares if Broderick Jones does for Georgia. 
Um, like I said, I think the technique questions and the ability to be predictable for him right now is what's holding me back. But the upside is certainly there to be a Pro Bowl tackle. So that and that's why he's a first round pick. No, no doubt about it. But just a little bit of questions for me at this point, and certainly things he can quell if he if he continues to work, which I expect him to do. Um, yeah, Michael Mayer's been on there. Um, I know Ryan talked about him a little bit yesterday, and probably will uh, today as well. Um, I imagine so. Yeah, Michael Mayer had a productive year. He, he's one of the most productive tight ends in college football. Probably a top three college football tight end, and he has been since he's really stepped on campus at Notre Dame. I think the biggest thing for me is you, you see the attention to detail as a route runner. He's crafty. Uh, you know, he has releases, believe it or not. He's been in the slot. He's been out wide, and, and he's able to be crafty and get open. And he's he's big enough that, that he can create windows, you know, with his size, with his hands. He's physical, you know, at, at – contact point when corners are kind of catching you or safeties are catching you at the top of the rakes he can still create windows for himself and again he's got great body control great hands he'll be able to go up and get the football you know he's got he's got fleet feet to be able to you know get the feet down when he needs to in contested spots and there's so much attention to detail with him as a route runner but he's not going to overwhelm you as an athlete but he's he's going to get open because he's got short area quicks so Again, not an overwhelming athlete. Should be a a pretty good athlete overall, but is not going to be in that probably necessarily elite to, you know, top of the top athlete tier that that we kind of see from some of these guys recently. Um, but I think for the Packers, for me, is just again, and and Ryan brought this up as well. If you listen to him, tight ends in the first are are very very dicey, and it's and it's a fair point to bring up I think for sure is like how much are you going to really value that and how much you know is it worth doing that immediately to you know oh it's a it's a need let's grab one early it just feels like some teams have learned not to do it and other teams need to learn that I don't want the Packers to end up now turning into a team that needs to learn that I know a lot of people, including myself, back in 2019 when Hawkinson and, and Fant, you know, there was a lot of projection like one of those guys getting picked by the Packers. They got two first-round picks, and, you know, I was all about that. I thought it was a great idea. Either have been ex- exceptional, you know, top 10 level, but, I mean, Hawkinson's good. There's no doubt he's probably a top six, seven tight end in the league right now, um, but Fant really hasn't found it. He's on a second team now. No guarantees that second team's going to extend him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little wary of it. Uh, even Kyle Pitts obviously didn't do much this last year, and but it was a run-first offense, but the production dropped off after year one. That's a little concerning. Um, Evan Ingram had one productive year as a rookie for the Giants and then fell off until this past year with Jacksonville. So, again, it took him some time, right? O.J. Howard never really found it. David Njoku's finding it now. It's been a long time, man. David Njoku signed an, has signed an extension. That's how long it's been. So as a first-round pick, mind you. So there's just I, – I don't know if I want to do that with Michael Mayer. As good as he ha- is and as good as he has looked this past year working in line as a blocker, that was something that I, I think from this 2021 film, you look at and you go, mm, he's trying to engage, he's getting out over his feet – there are balance issues. He's not really holding the point of attack very well. So I, I didn't love that. 
and it was kind of like mm, on the fence. I don't know. Is this guy going to be tight end one if he can't figure it out in line where he, he should figure it out in line? Um, and, and he really did this year. It look, The technique looks so much better. You can tell he really devoted a lot of time in the offseason to make sure that he was good in this area. And it, it definitely paid off. And, and I think he will end up being a first-round pick to Green Bay. Maybe if they move back. But I just don't think the Packers are, are going to be in that, you know, we have to draft a tight end in the first round. There are some really good players on day two that they're going to be able to select if they'd like to. They may have to move up or down a little bit and, and maneuver on the board to get them, but they'll be available, and I, I think that's where you'll see the Packers do damage at tight end. So, again, not wouldn't be overwhelmed, but he's a good player, so I'm never going to turn down good players. Uh, there was one mock that had Peter Skaronsky. Um, So now we're into the ones that only had one selection. All the previous three have been multiple. Skaronsky, obviously, again, his grandpa played for the Packers. That's awesome. That'd be a really cool story. Uh, this is a guy, though, that, you know, whether he's playing tackle or guard, I don't think he should move to guard necessarily. He's clearly been good enough, even with the length limitations, to play out there. His technique's really good. Football IQ's outstanding. And he's just... Again, is he going to give up the corner sometimes? That's maybe the concern. But as long as he's getting punches out there early and, and being crisp as a setter like he is, I don't think I'm I'm not necessarily as worried. I think you can you can really get into some power football with him as a run blocker too. When he down blocks, you know, when he's 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 getting one or two guys off balance, you know, he's create he's displacing defenders, which is great. I, I could totally see this uh if, if he had longer arms. Obviously the Packers have their thresholds, but man. Skoronsky, hopefully we don't have the same discussion. I mean, but Rashawn Slater was in, in that exact discussion from Northwestern. He's like, oh, his arms are short. He's not He's not going to be a tackle. He can't be. you got to move him inside. And it's like, no, you actually don't have to do that. Rashawn Slater's just very, very good. You know, and, and lo and behold, there he is. Chargers, you're obviously got hurt this year, potentially going to come back for the playoffs at the Chargers, I think, win this week. But like, Skoronsky can be in that same mold where it's like, oh, you know, the length. It doesn't really matter. He's just good. And, and that should be good enough for NFL teams. feel like there's a chance he's not on the board when the Packers pick. I'm really looking at Tennessee at pick 11. Legitimately, they haven't figured it out a tackle yet. Skaronsky is such a Vrabel guy. So a little hesitant just because some threshold stuff for Green Bay, but I, I would like that very much. Yeah, um, Brian Branch, obviously, as well, is is, is going to be an extremely popular pick whether Packers fans are doing their mocks and posting them on the Facebook page posting them on Twitter you know they're going to be talking about him a lot and I know Ryan talked about him a little bit and what he did in the Texas game I will say he's he's a he's a better tackler than probably has been advertised so far on this feed um so really no qualms there in terms of how he's feeling against the run and how he's finishing against the run overall he's been playing a lot of star and I don't want to get into this conversation again and it's again you'd have to go back and look up this in a, in a periscope from about almost four years ago now but I, I remember that the savage pick being like hmm he does a lot of work as a robber slot box player Adrian Amos does a lot of box work so why did we draft the same player? That's how I'd feel about this branch pick. Not that I wouldn't like him because he's a good slot. You know, he's got great zone awareness, great eyes. You know, he's 
making instinctual plays on the football. Had a phenomenal game against Kansas State. If you're able to watch that bowl game back, like just phenomenal game for him. Um, will I take him in the first? Maybe, maybe. I'm not convinced he's safety one, believe it or not. Uh, you, if you followed long enough, well, you know, you know how I feel about Chris Smith, uh, the safety from Georgia. Actually had a forced fumble and a touchdown saving tackle. Not that Georgia necessarily needed it on Monday night against TCU, but he did have a couple splash plays and I think he's really, really good. Well-rounded as well. Doesn't have most of his snaps in the slot or in the box like like Branch does. Not that Branch can't play back there, but right now Branch's role feels like what the Packers would like Darnell Savage to be at this point. But again, no problem. If they want to take him, I'm not opposed to it. He's a good player. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yes, please, please, please take Jackson Smith and Jigba. Christian Watson and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm going to get to this in a little bit, but heck yes. Heck yes. Absolutely. I'm in. I'm in. He's going to be, again, the one question that the Packers might have about Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's 6'1", 200. Maybe he comes in a little bit lighter. But six, if he's like six foot and, and you know, six foot and five eighths, and he's 194 pounds, he'll be on Green Bay's board just by those measurables based on what Green Bay's done. If they were if they were actually interested in Rashad Bateman, those measurables are very similar. The issue is if Jackson Smith and Jigba runs at 4-6, I have a bad feeling about him being on the Packers board no longer. That's the one concern. If but here's the thing, and then this is really important I think as well. Also, by the way, he's not even 21 yet. He's still 20. Really young player. A guy I think would just mesh really well with what the Packers need right now. But, like, it, uh, we've seen Ohio State players do this in recent memory. We thought Olave was going to be fast. And the, and the 4-3, I think 4-3-9 is what he ran, or 4-4 flat. That didn't shock me as much because we clearly saw him being a deep threat. What I didn't expect was Garrett Wilson to also run sub 4-4. I thought he was a mid 4-4 guy, maybe a higher 4-4 guy. The fact that he trained and was able to get underneath that 4-4 number was huge. If Jackson Smith and Jigba can just get himself at like a 4-5-2, we're good. We're golden. If he can just run that. Otherwise, don't run. Okay? Don't run. That's what I'm going to give him the that advice. He's probably not listening, of course, but like, don't run if you're still barely breaking four six. Don't bother. Okay, Drake London was probably going to run that same num- the same time. He skipped it. He's good. He's good. Okay, and he doesn't. Have, speed is in his calling card. Jackson Smith and Jigba's calling card is not speed. It's not explosiveness. But I want to talk about him in, very much in depth, maybe a little bit later here. But quick, quick to to round up the 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 mock draft roundup because we've gone almost 23 minutes going on here maybe 22 minutes but we've talked a lot about the mock draft roundup instead of where I wanted to go with this but Darnell Washington was another one on there but he's Mercedes Lewis um I'm gonna like I said this is if I were to start a scouting report on Darnell Washington that I would write I would start my report and and probably will still start my report as the Lord said let there be height. And that's it. I, I think he is 
First team all size, clearly. I mean, 6'7", maybe he's over 270, which is nuts. He's a red zone threat. He is just almost impossible to cover at the catch point, and he blocks his butt off. He's going to be able to play in line. He's so big and so powerful, and him out in space is just a nightmare for teams, and corners don't want any part of that. So that'd be awesome, no doubt about it, uh, to get Darnell Washington. A couple others that have been in there recently weren't this week, but Jordan Addison will get to him, Quentin Johnston. Isaiah Foskey would be very shocking based on what I've seen so far from him this season and just how deep Edge is, and I think there's a lot of guys ahead of him. But we'll get there, and we'll, we'll talk about some guys. We're going to take a break here, and then we're going to get back with the not-at-all-emotional Packers 2023 NFL draft takes. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, back here with you guys after maybe a little bit of an extended break there. Um, so obviously we're, we're going to kind of go position by position quick and just give some thoughts on um, where the Packers are at positionally and what I'd like to see from the 2023 NFL draft. And we'll, we'll obviously get way more in depth with all of this very soon, which is very exciting. But I want to talk about um, quarterback really fast. If, if, if Aaron Rodgers does walk away, Obviously, then QB2 becomes a kind of a priority. So I wouldn't rule out like day three being a quarterback. And I'm trying to think where I would want to go with this. 
but I think just off the top of my head, not to dive in super deep, I think I would want Clayton Toon from Houston. 6'2", 213. You know, he's obviously going to be 24 um, in November, but I, I he's really continued to get better as a passer and, and grades out as one of the better passers in college football. I think there's plenty to work with here with him, and I think he would be able to fit in an offense that's A, quick strike, and B, wants to push it down the field. So I think Clayton Toon would be good. I'll have a more in-depth report on him by in a, in a week or two probably, but like I, I would not be mad at a guy like Clayton Toon backing up Jordan Love. So that's, what, that's all I want to talk about there. Again, we might not even talk about it since Rodgers could come back. We don't know yet, but running back. It's going to really hurt to say goodbye to Aaron Jones if we have to. And I know that number is going to $20 million this year. I'm going to say this. Um, I think he might be the second best pure runner of the football in the NFL right now. He is not the second best running back because backs obviously pass protect. They catch the football, right? They do a, a bunch of things. But as pure runners go... I'm not sure I would take anyone other than Nick Chubb ahead of him right now because he's just that good. Like just, again, he he is so slippery, twitchy, and, and just the ability to cut, the ability to fight off contact for some, for someone of his stature. Like he just finds a way to either make guys miss or fight off contact. He's picking up six yards on runs where sometimes it looks like he's going to lose two. He's just so fluid. You know, and I, I, it has been such a joy to watch him play. If this is it, boy, it's been just an incredible, incredible six years of watching him in a, in a Packers uniform. And I, I, it, it is he's he might be my favorite Packer right now. Um, and that hurts to say because he could be gone. But like, man, I, I, and I think we all do. We we love Aaron Jones, no doubt about it. But if he stays, okay. Let's say he stays. I still think the Packers should draft a running back. And I'm going to get into that here. But like, and then that's the other thing. If Aaron Jones leaves, I kind of would want to draft two running backs. Okay. I know. Again, I think a lot of people will will kind of look at, look at me and be like, how can you possibly say that? You know, you're just an A.J. Dillon hater. You know, you obviously were somebody who absolutely hated that pick in 2020. Yeah, I did. I didn't like it at all. There's no doubt about it. Um, there's there's definitely video evidence of uh, <laughs> of me um, acting very much like a fan and not an analyst in that point where uh, where where AJ Dillon was picked. And there's video, and I'll probably post it on on YouTube for for giggles uh, as we get up to draft time this year. But I, I I wanted to I wanted to accept and and like what he's done. The Tennessee game was awesome you know, way back when in the snow. And I think, and I thought at, at some point, you know, down the stretch here, he was, he was gaining, he was getting strides. I was like, oh my gosh, we're, we're seeing kind of, you know, a little bit of a blooming here from him. And, and that was very exciting. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm on board. I have been waiting, waiting to make a YouTube video of, man, roast me for my AJ Dillon take, or I was so wrong about AJ Dillon, right? I just don't think you can't get 
that type of production from somebody else. And it's like, it's very cool to have a guy who can, you know, basically run over guys in the secondary and, and make linebackers who tackle high pay. And that's cool. And there are flashes of him being a smart runner and being a good processor. But I just, there's not enough consistency for me. And I just, I would like to see if Aaron Jones leaves, I would like to see a different one two punch personally. We're probably not going to see it. They're probably going to lean on Dylan to be the lead guy if Jones leaves. I don't like that at all, personally. Um, if I were to be able to just hand pick a duo, a duo uh, instead of one player, I, I, Zach Charbonnet is going to be going to be high on the list for me for sure from UCLA, um, just because he does everything really. He he's got the explosiveness. He's a very smooth guy. You know, he glides in the open field. He's got enough speed to work with. You know, he's probably going to be running mid four fours, I imagine, you know, but he can catch the ball really well at the backfield, you know, very, a very exciting player. And I, and I know Packer fans are going to be clamoring for him and I, and I, I wouldn't hate that at all, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw the two names out that I would like to see as a duo. I would love to see Kenny McIntosh from Georgia, six foot two Oh seven. He is again, very good running back just between the tackles, staying square, processing quickly you know, he's not really a, a non known. He's a no nonsense guy. He's not trying to kick stuff out wide. Um, he, he just, he gets downhill. He gets what he can. He'll pick up some extra through contact, but where he really can thrive is in space in a straight line. And as a receiver to have a nice receiving back would be excellent. And I think McIntosh is going to get very undervalued in this class. And I would love to have him in green Bay. Combining him with Roshan Johnson from Texas, yes, Bijan Robinson's backup at 6'1, 219, with as much power as he packs. Yes, sir. Um, I, I want those two guys. He, he Roshan Johnson isn't really the receiver or the blocker, but I'll tell you what, he can be a hammer, he can break tackles, and I when he gets in the open field, he's got a little bit of juice to him. And and I would like Kenny McIntosh and Roshan Johnson as my two guys if I were to be able to hand pick. So I'm gonna be on that I'm gonna probably be on that hill by myself, potentially. Uh there may be a few on the hill with me, but I think if Aaron Jones is done, we need two running backs. And which is crazy to say, obviously, because it's like the running back position has definitely been devalued and and through five, six seasons, you don't want that guy in your team necessarily anymore. Um, it's very hard to stay productive that long. Uh, very few can do it. And, you know, when you're in a class like this, that the Packers are are walking into, as deep as it is across the board, there could be like, you know, 15, maybe at least a dozen starters where Charbonnet hasn't, I don't think, declared necessarily yet. Kendra Miller from TCU hasn't declared. Kendall Milton, another running back from Georgia, could declare. Uh, Isaiah Davis from South Dakota State could declare. Maybe he's already gone back. I don't know. But like Jace McClellan from Alabama could. I think he's going back though. But like there are so many guys. Ty J. Spears just declared from Tulane. Dwayne McBride from UAB. You know, you got Mo Ibrahim, you know, Lou Nichols, Israel Abaniconda. Like there's just so many players up and down this list that you're like, man, this could be a really nice uh, a running back in the league. And yeah, I mean, it, it, adding two running backs, I think makes a lot of sense. Okay. Wide receiver. This is the take here. Get the chain mover, get the separator, give whoever it is playing quarterback next year, 
a guy who can get open on his own and create windows for you. I, I get that a lot of people have been excited about Christian Watson and like he's getting better as a route runner. I can't wait to dive into the tape and see if that's true or not. Uh, I just feel like he's still a, a speed threat guy who you know is going to separate with speed, and that is fine. Um, he's going to, again, be able to open stuff up underneath because he's so fast, which is awesome. Doesn't mean he's, you know, going to be ever put for a Packers team in the route running separator bucket. He just won't be, but that's fine. He's got the speed and he's winning downfield and he's winning contested balls that he had, that he, you know, wasn't consistently winning at North Dakota state or at the senior bowl. So that's a great development for him. I, I, I don't need to say a whole lot more, um, I think Romeo Dobbs can be a nice number three. I'm not convinced he's a wide receiver two, which again, he was a fourth round pick. I don't think you need to be like, oh, he if he's a stud wide receiver two, if he's not that, I'm disappointed. It's like, no, you should you don't have to be disappointed in that, right? If he's a good three, great, excellent, because he's got, you know, some twitch after the catch. You know, you could give him some of those sneak routes like he did in the Tampa Bay game twice. You know, he's going to be able to smooth, be smooth and break out some some intermediate crossers. And he, he's shown he can win down the field sometimes, and he makes some tough catches. He, he has drops, which is very shocking. His drop rate was not that high at Nevada. Um, but he, he's he's dropped a lot. And, and, and really, it feels like Watson has kind of transferred his drops to Romeo Dobbs. But, like, I, I just want the chain-moving, you know, a, a extremely reliable, great separator. I know the Packers are probably not going to pick Jordan Addison. I get it. You know, he's 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 too small. He's like 175 pounds, maybe 180 on a good day with a breeze. I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to like that player. Zay Flowers would be another great player to add. I just don't think he's going to be on the board for them. I hope he is, but, you know, you're looking at Rasheed Rice, right, as, as somebody who's a, a great blocker, 6'1", 203, wins down the field as well, kind of can do it all. Uh, he would kind of be a Lazard replacement, and that would be pretty good overall. Uh, Dontavian Wicks is a ton of twitch and a ton of deep threat ability out of Virginia. He's 6'2", He'll definitely be on the Packers board. And it brings me to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Well, Quentin Johnson could be on the Packers board. He is, His profile and his bucket tends to put him more in the Watson area, but I do think the route breaks on the in-breaking stuff for him is, is better than Watson's. Um, he's a great post catch guy. He's a great ball winner guy. So like he, he does kind of it all and that's awesome. He's expected to declare out of TCU. I, I would be shocked if he didn't. Um, but again, that brings me to Jackson Smith and Jigba who, uh, I've seen enough on him. He's definitely worth a first rounder. Um, even if he's a target hogged slot, we've seen those type of players like Cooper cup could obviously play on the outside, but they put him in the slot because he's commanding a ton of targets he's a great separator with with a great understanding of okay you know where's leverage right now how can i manipulate said leverage to create a window for myself how can i stay creative with my release with my stem that's what smith and jigba does and there's a reason like i know cj stroud's gonna say this to get him drafted higher but cj stroud saying that's the best route runner i've worked with garrett wilson saying like this is probably the best athlete of all of us him olave and smith and jigba right like you, we've seen him in the rose bowl put up 300 almost 350 yards receiving right like this is the player that you should be excited about because he's great leverage attacker good release you know a strong route runner he gets open he's able to you know 
keep defenders guessing with route tempo and you know he can sink the hips and, and really work through some contact if he needs to what he does sometimes very very well is you know obviously the reliable hands but what he does at the catch point in separating himself from tight coverage at the catch point whether it be skying up to get the football you know letting kind of a guy run past him to go get it or you know kind of going through a guy like he did in the Michigan game last year to make an insane catch he's a good tracker down the field um if he can stack he's got some short area burst to stack guys he's not going to do it on a consistent basis and that's maybe why teams are like eh, you know can he play outside I still think he can because he's that good and he's good enough with being physical with his hands you know, against the corners who are going to be physical so he can get himself open that way. But again, he's a really good leverage attacker and a, a very strong route runner who also has great instincts, great feel, good stiff arm, and, and some great just creativity, I'll say, with his feet after the catch. And so he's going to make things happen after the catch as well, even though he doesn't have the top-tier explosiveness that other receivers have. So that's why I like Smith and Jigba. Let's also not forget he's a good coverage ID guy. Um, he's able to see, okay, we've got split safeties, you know, a too high look. Sweet. I'm running a seam. I need to bend this off in the right space. Does that very, very well. So he he does really everything that you want him to do, but he's just not explosive. But that's okay, right? Like that's a target hogging slot Z type with, with the ability to separate on a consistent basis. Win-win. Perfect. That's that's who I who I want. Um, okay, continue moving on here. Tight end, yeah. I mean, we, we got to get somebody. Uh, it'd be nice to get one of Mayer, Washington, Dalton Kincaid, or Tucker Craft. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tucker Craft is not going to have the production at South Dakota State that you might want to see from a tight end. But I think he's a good inline player with with enough athletically to, to threaten up the scene, be a smooth route runner, so he can kind of do it all as well. Dalton Kincaid's a great receiving tight end. Great receiving tight end phenomenal great catch radius smooth athlete can get open on his own like just dominated usc once this year i think at 234 yards on 16 catches just a ridiculously good game god kincaid would be a, a big fan that that uh, well aaron Rodgers or jordan love he would be a big fan of dalton kincaid i would love to get one of those four at tight end, it's going to be tough to do. There's everybody's going to know about those those four. Um, I'm not as high in Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, but that's not a bad not a bad guy to add either. Luke Schoonmaker just declared from Michigan. He's six five two forty eight. You know that's a, another player that would be very exciting, no doubt. Um, but if Washington declares, he's going to test pretty well for a dude who's probably like 270 275 pounds so i just find a way to get a, a, an impact player at tight end unless unless they want to go in free agency and get evan ingram or they want to trade for darren waller um tackle obviously there's questions a, a little bit um hopefully zach tom is taking one of those spots obviously josh nyman it'd be cool to put like a tender on him that somebody would would you know give and you get a pick for it but that might not happen. Um, I wish Nyman and Tom could be combined into one player because I think Nyman has you know all the athleticism to be a, a strong uh, run blocker, and you get Tom who is just again will shut dudes down as a pass protector, right? I think Bakhtiari comes back. It's clear he's got plenty in the tank right now. 
obviously means doesn't mean though that the Packers shouldn't be looking at tackle long term. This is where they can kind of get proactive at the position. I'd love to get Peter Skaronsky or Broderick Jones. Anton Harrison from Oklahoma would be good as well. Uh, Darnell Wright is phenomenal uh, with technique at right tackle for Tennessee. So, like, one of those guys would be would be great. Um, but just the O-line in general, I want to talk about this. I feel like there's so much pass block first, worry about run block later on this line. Like, you get Runyon, who obviously, again, nobody had a good game really. Um, on Sunday night against Detroit. But when you look at these guys, like Elton Jenkins can be good in both areas, which is great. You can see him really gaining back what he's kind of been lacking since returning from injury. You can see him getting back to that point where he was pre-injury. That's great news. He's probably the best um, combo player they have in terms of both facets of the game right now. Bakhtiari is a way better pass protector. He's Josh Myers is a way better pass protector than run blocker. John Runyon Jr., same thing. Zach Tom, kind of the same thing, right? You have a lot of good pass blockers, which was great with a Rodgers-led, like, mm, give me some time to buy time in the pocket or out of the pocket, whatever I need to be able to find an open guy. That's great. He's good for those second, you know, the second part of the play. Right, when things break down and having guys who can consistently stay in front of guys three, four, five seconds, that's awesome. We need to set a tone. Like the Packers bet on Josh Myers because he had zone flashes, right? He had some second level flashes. You know, he was he, the linear ability was there. The quicks were there sometimes, but it wasn't consistent enough. And then it was like, okay, no, I understood the pick because it's like, all right, you're betting on those flashes. Can we get it consistently? We haven't yet. It's not a great sign. I am. Very much watching to see if Georgia's Cedric Van Pran Granger declares. If he declares, that's who I want. Um, I would want him or probably Olu Oluwatimi from Michigan. Uh, John Michael Schmitz would be pretty decent as well from Minnesota. He's got all the zone tools for sure. He's the zone center. I would like a dude who's not just a zone center but gets after it. Michael Schmitz does a little bit more than others but like if Cedric Brampran declares and actually Luke Luke Weipler just declared from Ohio State so that's a guy I'll be looking at a lot as well at the center position I don't think Green Bay should be totally set at center I'll be honest and that's coming from somebody who was a little more optimistic about the Myers pick then so I they, they, I think they need to get better at right guard I think they can do that it's not a great guard class unfortunately Cooper Beebe of course goes back to school that stinks. That's a guy I really would have liked. Um, but we'll kind of dive in more of the guard position and see if there are some studs there. I, I wish that Ladarius Henderson from Arizona State was declaring he's not. He's going to Michigan. So he'll be a guy to watch next year as well. But O-line still has question marks, and I, I don't think anything should be ruled out there. So uh, defensive line, I think the interior could be fine in 2023. I think when you have a Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt combo, that's nice. Obviously, TJ Slayton's had some good reps. If you want to bring back Jaron Reed, works for me as well. Those four, I think, would be solid enough. I would love to get a disruptor like Brian Brzee in there. Um, if they don't want to do that, if they feel like they have their disruptors, if they're going to stay with you know a lot of these five-man fronts when they get in early downs, Give me Siaki Ika from Baylor, who's a true nose, you know, if you don't believe in Slayton too much, if you think he's just kind of still a role player, 
Ika's going to Ika's going to eat space, eat double teams, and and offer a little bit as a pass rusher as well. Believe it or not, so that's a guy I'd be looking at there. So if D line's not addressed the interior, I'm not upset. But if it is addressed, I'm excited. That's the take. That's not a very. It's kind of a meh take, but whatever. Uh, edge rusher, I wouldn't be opposed to adding one in round one. If not, add, just add a true pass rushing type at some point in the draft. I'm hoping that, you know, if Tyree Wilson were able to make it to them, awesome. Feels unlikely at this point. Uh, it feels like Anderson, Murphy, and um, Tyree Wilson will be the first three off the board. I'm hoping uh, the Packers will be in on Andre Carter. Boy, there's a ton to like there physical traits-wise. Uh, got the inside move. Got a lot of change in direction ability. The athleticism will be there for sure to be a Packers guy. That's who I'd like a lot. Um, you know, if they're not, if they're going to go for like true rusher to like get him in the rotation, it'll be interesting to see if Laatu Latu from uh, UCLA declares. Boy, he's 6'4", 265. He's a heck of a player. I feel like Will McDonald's too small for them. He's like just pushing 230. Uh, I, I I don't think they'll they'll like that uh, in terms of the size. But like, boy, BJ Ojolari from LSU is a phenomenal pass rusher. If they're not worried too much about, you know, oh, can he, you know, defend the run extremely well? He's not like the, the type of player the Packers normally go after with these, you know, big, long, strong players who are more stun the pocket, you know, power rushers, quick rushers, rather than the true bendy edges. Ojolari's got a lot of moves, a lot of counters. He's a great, like I said, a great pass rusher out of LSU, but if they want to go that route and they want to work on a rush end and, and more of a, not really a run defending defensive end, but but again, a, a more of a combo defensive end like like Gary is, then I'm, B.J. Ojolari, I'd love that, no doubt. I feel like Zach Harrison for Ohio State is going to be on their board. He did a lot better this past year crazy enough he is in his fourth he just finished his fourth year at ohio state he's still 21 he's not even 21 and a half years old yet so that's kind of wild so he'll be he'll be definitely um, on the board there's a lot of guys at edge that are you know we're waiting on to declare so there's a lot of names to watch here in the coming days that are that will officially be in or not so that's good linebacker we're fine we're good campbell walker mcduffie barnes that's fine um, one of them might be a free agent. Maybe Barnes is. If you don't want to bring him back, maybe find somebody on a draft of free agency. That's fine. Um, but linebacker's good. Cornerback, maybe. Cornerback, maybe. Maybe go cornerback. Uh, like we talked about, Keely Ringo. Okay, get the traits bet. Christian Gonzalez is a better player, in my opinion, at this point. He's already in. Joey Porter Jr. is really physical. You know, he's going to give everything defending the run. He's going to get, every, like, filling the alleyways, taking on pullers. Like, he's going to do all that for you. Um, good instincts. Like I said, very physical. Ball skills are, are solid. Um, he's a little – he's not as quick as I would like for a corner. Um, he needs to attack downhill a little bit more when he's off coverage. Needs to be a little bit quicker with that step. Um, but again, I wouldn't be upset with that at all. Cam Smith would be a phenomenal pick, I think. I I, I really like his game a lot. Uh, so that's he he's an exciting prospect. His 2021 films off the charts. 
I would like Devin Witherspoon a lot as well. Again, a lot of these corners are a little bit leaner. So you're looking at like, you know, what the Packers would probably prefer. I think Porter and Ringo and Gonzalez are more their guys. Witherspoon's a little bit smaller. He's like 180. Cam Smith might be enough for them. He's like, Right now he's listed at 188. We'll see what he comes in at. But if they do go corner later, Julius Brents is 6'3", 203 from Kansas State. He's a stud. So if they want to go that route, I would definitely be in there um, at corner. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they went that position, especially if Douglas is not back, right? So five corners who I think could be first-round guys. There are some late-rounders that that the Packers will probably be in on. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they leave this draft with a corner. And then rounding things out at safety here quick. Yeah, Branch, like I said, I'd be fine with that, but I, I'm a little concerned the role is very similar to um, to Savage. Uh, Antonio Johnson hasn't declared yet. Um, he might not. As crazy as that sounds, he might not declare. I think his running mate, Damani Richardson, has officially gone back to school. So that's a little unfortunate. Um, all the best to him, though. I, I do think Antonio Johnson's almost a box slot. I don't think he can play on the roof either. That's I'm a little concerned there with him, to be honest. Um, I didn't like what I saw, to be honest. I was a little bit underwhelmed with his film. Like I said, Christopher Smith's going to be my guy from Georgia. I think he's phenomenal. I think Tyke Smith from Georgia as well is very good. I think he'd be a nice fit there. Um, a lot of people have already hopped on the Jamie Robinson train from Florida State. Totally understand why. That makes a lot of sense as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're going to, they're, the Packers are going to leave with a safety. There's no doubt about it. Um, I'm going to get through as many safeties as I can in the coming days so we have a really full picture for that position. But I'd be, yeah, I'd be very excited if they really want that roof rangy guy. I mean, Brandon Joseph from Notre Dame's. That's that guy. You know, he is Jesse Bates, basically. Um, I, I do worry about some of the some of the angles he takes coming downhill to fill the run, to fill the alley. A little concern there. Um, but, again, ball skills and instincts on the roof are, are top-notch. So exit the draft with two safeties, please. Um, so, yeah, those are some not-at-all emotional Packers 2023 NFL draft takes. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, Mason and I are going to be back Friday with – I think more of a, a bigger scoped look. I think we're going to let Mason kind of offer some takes as well about the Packers and what he'd like to see in the draft. I may like sit back and just let him go, but I, I know he's rearing to go and really excited to be back. I'm excited that he's back. Um, it's I Monologues are fun, but it's nice to be able to bounce it off a little bit and chop it up. So I'm very excited that he'll be back. Um, so I hope you guys are as well. Like I said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, Make sure you're sticking with the feed. Uh, I, I know a lot of a lot of the guys are going to dive into the draft, which is awesome. You're going to get a lot of perspectives, which is very cool. Um, so, yeah, gear up for a fun offseason. Should be good. You can, again, you can follow me at Jake Enville Draft on Twitter. If you want to, you know, ask questions, you know, you want to you put some together there, we'll, we'll maybe get something set up for that. But until next time, until Friday, uh, I will catch you guys later. Enjoy your Wednesday. <laughs>